and grab your friends, it's Metabots, the only high-flying, death-defying, mystifying Metabots radio phenomenon in our globe. Welcoming here with your hosts, we have the Red Baron of Metabots, Mitch. Hi, my name's Mitch. I use he, him pronouns, and I can't wait to get that Snoopy. And I am, of course, your radio host, Colin. I use they, them pronouns, and tonight we are talking about Metabots. <laughs> I liked it. That's good. Can you I, keep that up the whole episode? Yeah. I uh, No, I'm not going to do that for the whole episode. Uh, <laughs> I, the, the, a transatlantic accent is one of the few accents I have in my back pocket. Uh, so, you know. It works I, I for can, me. Yeah, I can reliably do it unless I have to immediately do like a Kiwi accent at the same, at, like in between it, in which case I won't be able to do it anymore, uh, which is proven uh, with a, a tabletop character I played that had a a new a, a, a transatlantic accent and then also occasionally would have to play his mentor who had a like an Australian accent. And just like once I go to one, I can't go back to the other. <laughs> Oh, no, I uh, I know how that goes. I've, you know, been a DM for quite a bit, and eventually you, you collect a cast of characters that you have to the voice every time, and oh, no. Especially if your party's the kind of people who adopts people. No, thank you. Well, um, we're, uh, we're, we're talking about Metabots tonight, Mitch. Um, and I believe we're covering episode 37 slash episode 22, Skyward Yo!, for the first one. Uh, I, I was really excited for this episode when I saw the preview. And then um, I saw some clips from the dub. Because so I really like the uh, the character that shows up in this episode. I really like her design. She looks yeah. like she's from a different anime. She does, like, yeah. It, it looks good. I was um, expecting a, um, God, not Earth, Wind, and Fire. Uh, the Rakusho House Burndown episode. Yes. Uh, that, um, I, was, I was expecting more like that, where it's a serious episode that's using a different art style uh to li- uh rely on those tropes yeah it does but, come uh, directly between the spy who row battled me and i dream of hushi so i mm-hmm. i understand where you're coming from it is a little bit more like the spy who row battled me than i dream of hushi though <laughs> yeah yeah except like the spy who row battled me is phenomenal and yeah. this is i mean it's it's okay <laughs> I, I think it's a pretty good episode, but also I like I like planes. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll get into it. Uh, I th- yeah. I think I think there's some nice animation in this episode, but it sounds like you had a bad time, and so I'm thinking the bad time is uh, dub versus sub related. Uh. Yes, that's that's what's happening here. Uh, visually, these are two amazing episodes. Um, yeah. These are like uh, this is what I feel like um, is peak Metabots for me. Like, everything is fluid and nice and, like, exaggerated enough, but, like, they tone the serious parts down. And they're just having fun with the animation. Yeah. Like, this is this is what I like out of my Metabots, and it's working for me. Yeah, this is one of the few episodes that I'm, like, glad that we got later instead of earlier, because if I would have seen this episode and then gone on to see uh, the, the Giganco fight where, like, the flying <laughs> animation is really bad, I would have been very upset. <laughs> Because yeah. uh, like the, the the flying in this this episode is so dynamic and so good, and they make really good use of like elevation angles and like all different kind of, kind of stuff for this. I'm happy. Uh, we got Lady Jet or Femme Jet in the dub, yeah. and I'm like I said in our season finale, this is one of my favorite designs for a Metabot, and it's, like yeah. I learned how much better of a design it is this time around. 
Well, without further ado, uh, the episode starts with uh, Iki, Metabi, and Arika walking home in the evening after a tiring training session with Dr. Aki, because he put him through the ringer. Which is a thing that we were going to, you know, he's, I guess he's going back to train with Dr. Aki, even though Dr. Aki's house got burned down, so where could they possibly be training? It's just, you know, it's kind of, you know, we, you know, yeah. Um, it's fine. We never did find out where Aki's living now, did we? We didn't. Uh, uh, presumably at, uh, Karen's house is where I would assume. Um, if Karen wasn't living with Dr. Aki already, or if Karen, Karen has enough money, I'm sure she could just buy a new house. Uh, <laughs> presumably he has more money than Karen, right? Cause her money is family money that she got from, I, I thought him being... Yeah, but also she's of an android, so she can constantly be Bitcoin mining. So she could have as much money as she wants. <laughs> <laughs> she's got that meta coin. <laughs> you got me. Yeah. Uh, we do cut over the Phantom Renegade, who is totally still the Phantom Renegade and is, you know, trying to steal Metabee's metal because that's what he's following for. So he can steal their metal because he wants Metabee's metal now out of nowhere after not wanting it for a long time. And now he suddenly wants it, even though he's like wishing them to go on to the tournament. But he needs Metabee's metal to steal it to protect it for some reason. I don't know what the fuck is. What? Uh. <laughs> I forgot about this part until I read my notes. <laughs> Oh, yeah. He just goes, I told you I was going to get that medal one day, boy. Yeah. And um, they're like, oh, yeah. Uh, Arika runs up to try and take a picture of him to get the scoop, and he effortlessly dodges around her uh, and almost touches the back of Meta B with his finger. Uh, in just like a shot. So there's something about these like these shots where he tries to touch Meta B's back to open the panel up that just seems like kind of gross and nasty. I can't put my finger on it, but I don't like to see it. Well... Physically, you know, it's just a game of tag. But emotionally, he's trying to rip a brain out of your good friend. Yeah. So um, I think that's where the grossness is coming. Yeah. And uh, to that point, uh, you know, Metabee's like, no, you're not getting my medal. Uh, Phantom Renegade points a grappling hook gun on him. Uh, Metabee points his his laser arm back at him. Um, and uh, they, they get to shooting, but Renegade uh, chases off and kind of a kite's uh, meta be up onto the nearby bridge where uh uh the phantom renegade can kind of like get him flustered chase him around and catch him in a net uh and it's like you know again we're about to think that phantom renegade's gonna steal his metal when uh he's chased off by rakusha flinging a ninja needle at him and and rakusha comes in for the save and rescues our good buddy uh, uh meta be i mean this is classic love story stuff right here oh yeah 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 Rakusha is just following his crush around, making sure he's okay and protecting him from uh, the Phantom Renegade, who has decided to renege on his original deal to train uh, Icky and Metabi so they can protect their metal and now wants to steal it again for some reason. We don't know. It couldn't possibly be because this episode's out of order. Uh, Here's the thing. Yes, this is the Phantom Thief retort, but is it the same retort that said he wouldn't steal the metal? This is true. (laughs) Um. Also, Thank you for bringing logic back to the story. <laughs> I knew you would love it. Um, I, you know, we're we're gonna get on about how great the animation looks later on, but this scene right here with uh, Retort and with Meta B and like all the shooting, climbing, flipping around, this is really really cool. Yeah, and, and like, honestly, yeah, it makes me miss those early Retort episodes like a lot. <laughs> And this is probably the most skilled he's been. He didn't hurt himself at all. He's <laughs> Spider-Manning around, like, effortlessly. Yeah. The only reason this didn't work is 
I feel like he was kind of playing around. And yeah. then, you know, Rokusho is, um, you know, fighting for his love. So obviously better. Yeah. <laughs> but it, like it, the animation's great. Yeah. Retort's oh, it's fantastic. phenomenal here. Yeah. Um, and then he just kind of fucks off forever. <laughs> we don't see him again. Yeah. Well, like, I guess like Rokusho like cuts his the line that he's been traveling around on and he kind of gets flung off to, to who knows where but escapes and blah 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 et cetera et cetera you know how the phantom thief goes um it's just nice we haven't seen this boy in so long yeah <laughs> oh man uh so we do we cut to the next day of training uh Medivy is carrying aki on his back in a big wooden chair um uh aki is leading them up to a top of a hill uh and they don't understand what this training is about until a biplane passes by uh and it does a big loop-de-loop um, and we see there is a metabot flying alongside it doing like, uh, you know, classic plane aerobatics, uh, which is great. Uh, they identify it as Femjet, the high flying metabot. Uh, and Medivy is just like, you know, uh, amazed by this. He wants to learn how to do all this stuff, but he doesn't have any aero parts to fly. Um, and, uh, as him and Icky begin to fight over the fact that Icky hasn't bought him any aero parts, uh, we see the plane starts to, like, spin into a barrel dive, um, and they're concerned about it, uh, Aki's convinced, oh no, it'll be fine, uh, until Femjet kind of, like, uh, spirals out of control and parachutes into a nearby, uh, you know, thicket, and, uh, the, the plane has to, like, flies off and, like, starts to circle back, um, concerning. (laughs) Yeah, but, um... The, my favorite part is originally they're watching uh, this metabot stand on the wing of this biplane as it's spinning around and they're terrified. And then it wasn't until it starts flying around on its own that they go, oh, that wasn't a person. That's a metabot. <laughs> oh, OK. Yeah. Um, but the 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 oh, that's not a person. That's a metabot. That's a theme of this episode. <laughs> OK. Um yeah. That's a little wild. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we'll get into it real soon. But yeah, um I again, Lady Jet looks phenomenal here. Yeah. I, I love it. Um so uh you know, uh Femjet slash Lady Jet has crashed into the woods. Uh we see her uh you know a parachute tangled up in some trees, and uh her pilot walks up after landing her plane to greet her and, and her pilot has crutch has a crutch. Uh, and is making sure she's okay. It seems like they're having a bad time. And this is right when Dr. Aki and the gang rush in to make sure that everyone's okay. Uh, and Arika recognizes the pilot as Kaylee, the top female stunt pilot in the world. So uh, um, yeah. <laughs> the first words we get out of Kaylee this episode. Um, so we see um, Lady Jet picking herself up off the floor, um, looking shaken, as she should. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we hear the word pathetic. And she looks up, and uh, Kaylee is standing there chastising about, you need to do better. You're pathetic right now. <laughs> I'm like, all right, no, I don't love this lady. She sucks. I'm sorry. You look super cool, and you got a cool job. You suck. It, it, that's not how you talk to someone who just crashed. This is... And then she goes... She gets worse as the episode goes on. Her first word is pathetic, talking to her close friend, and it gets worse. Like, on one hand, like, I get it. I watch a lot of, like, like pilot movies. I I am a big uh, Mobile Suit Gundam fan. Like, oh, yeah, I, yeah, understand, yeah. <laughs> I understand where the concept of, of this character type comes from. And given the tone that they have in this episode, it does not match up at all with what you're seeing on screen. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
no, I, I get it through the lens of, oh, you know, kind of military pilot through the lens of like, um, Gundam, uh, war is cool. Robots are cool. Yeah, I get it. Um, <laughs> through, through my lens of, Hey, this is a badass lady and her badass plane friend. Oh, she's mean to her friend. No, no, no. Stop being mean. Yeah, no, I agree. It's much uh, the like she does have a seriousness about her in the dub, but is much more like nice and concerned for Femjet's well-being. Uh, and I uh, appreciate that more. <laughs> uh, she is negatively concerned about Femjet's well-being in, in the, oh, the song. That's the uh, problem. Yeah. That's my big problem. No, no, I, I, I get you. Uh, but, you know, Icky butts in. He wants to learn how to do sick tricks like this. Um, and uh, she won't do it. She won't teach Icky and Metabee because uh, Femjet needs her support right now. And that's that she wants to put all her focus into that. Uh, we find out that on an air show a few months ago, uh, they were caught off guard. Uh, there was a, a freak collision uh, where Femjet kind of collided with the tail of the plane. Uh, Fimjet, you know, crashed into some foliage. Uh, Kaylee managed to pull the, the plane up at the last minute and, and do a, a landing. So there wasn't any like serious damage. Um, but, uh, you know, Fimjet is, is too, you know, in her own head and too afraid to be able to, uh, uh they, in the dub, they say regain her arrow form. Uh, like she just freezes up and being able to regain her arrow form. I didn't understand exactly what this meant, so I just assumed it was like, you know, uh, like her her usual acumen for doing acrobatics. Yeah. That's gonna turn out to be wrong. We'll get to it later. Uh, <laughs> I I took it as originally I took it as sea legs. And yeah, then, no, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel you. Yeah, same. And then now I think it's just you know that that uh, courage in like, um method of thought she needs yeah. um in, in the sub they call it the the show was at Lindbergh city and i'm like oh that's a really nice touch <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah but uh lady Jet is outright stated to be terrified of flying i mean i would I, be too i remember like uh, you know um i got in a really bad car accident uh you know uh four or five years ago and like was terrified to drive for like a month after like i would step into a car and i would i would smell that like chemical smell of like mm -hmm. the chemicals that make your airbag blow out and it, it took me a while to be okay with driving again after that accident so like i, I get that it makes sense it was a traumatic experience uh lady jet is still experiencing that every time she flies ed has to fly constantly um aki says something really cool her computer's self-defense system is not functioning properly it recorded the damage she suffered in form of memory and is trying to prevent it from happening again yeah, which, be, which is a cool scientific way of saying she's terrified and has trauma. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's better than the dub. The dub is just kind of like uh, Aki and Metabi and Arika just start theorizing that there's something wrong with their sensors or something wrong with their computer or something like that, which is a yeah. like a much more kind of like um like cold way to think about it. Like, oh, there's just something physically wrong with her. It's, it's, you know, it just, uh, and, and like, I don't know, it comes off as like, that's probably the shittiest part of this episode in the dub. Uh, so, uh, here's where Kaylee comes in. And again, I was like, oh, you know, she's not that bad until I, the sub comes around. Um, she says she was afraid of flying and she went to therapy and overcame her fear. If a human can do it, why can't lady jet? 
And then uh, I'm like, get her therapy. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely not in, in the dub. In fact, it's probably the opposite of the dub where she's like, no, like, uh, it's, it's like not something physically wrong with her. She's traumatized. I'm trying to help her through it. <laughs> no, she's like, I got therapy and now I'm fine. She should be fine. I'm like, you didn't get her therapy. And then she goes on to say the worst line in the episode. If you can't go on like this, you're nothing more than a doll. Oh no! Oh, and that is the theme of the episode. That's Ooh. where the is that a person? No, that's a metabot. That is how this episode goes for the rest of the episode. Um, you know, when I used the voice that I used for the intro, I was, you know, uh, I want to say that dolls are people too. Um, like that's yeah, yeah. that's a fucked up thing to put in this show. I don't like that. Yeah. Uh, no, I I don't. So I'm like, here's this badass lady. Here's a phenomenal metabot. It's a story about you know, trauma. <laughs> and the solution is overcome trauma. Also, you're not a person. We don't <laughs> love like, it. Oh, no. We don't love to see it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. Oof. It, it was rough. And it doesn't get less rough. <laughs> and then um, the climax happens. And I don't understand what was being said and how like that was a pep talk. We'll get to it. But like bad things keep being said, then all of a sudden it's okay. Yeah. Um, the at least to get us out of the scene, uh, Icky makes the case that if she's going to be training Femjet to fly again, then she could train Metabi at the same time. And everyone's kind of like, okay, well, can't really argue with that. Uh, you know that logic. Uh, and we kind of move on. Um, uh, but the big thing is Icky and Metabi need to get arrow parts, and so they they head off to do that. And Henry is in a tree spying on everybody my um, boy and upset about the fact that uh icky and metabi aren't here and they haven't arrived yet because they could be off anywhere and uh what if the the phantom renegade were to show up uh and steal uh metabi's metal or something and it's uh, like that just kind of like we get some confusing suppositions by henry until dr aki knocks him out of the tree uh <laughs> And we, we also have, find out Henry knows that Metabee has a rare metal. I don't know if that's a thing that Henry knew up until this point of time. <laughs> um, we haven't seen Henry yet this season. <laughs> we haven't. Well, no, we we saw him in like a he was like, like the background of one shot in like yeah. one episode this season. Like yeah, well, he, I'm, he, that's, yeah, he was in like in a scene, but he didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, he was part of the montage in one of the episodes, and then I guess he had two lines in spaceship superstars the very first episode of the season yeah which is basically i'm selling the merch yep oh man i miss my boy it took me a minute to recognize him that's how long it's been i'm like yeah is that is that henry or koji it's it's uh it's one thing that we've seen so little uh um uh, uh phantom renegade or mm-hmm. uh space metafighter x but like how little we've seen henry on top of that because clearly they're not they're all different people uh <laughs> you know it's just it's it, i don't i don't like it i miss our son i miss our good boy uh i guess he's busy at work yeah i mean capitalism yeah i, get I mean listen they've they've had all these like incredible like weather changes from the cold snap to the heat wave like i'm sure like they're just doing gangbusters there of people having to come in and get all different sorts of uh, of things from the the set of 11 so it makes it makes sense uh but yeah um aki kicks the tree and knocks him down yeah like that's that's good <laughs> 
Uh, this is around when Iki and Metabi finally arrive back with um, the the custom arrow parts, the uh, Metabi flying type. Um, Iki has tied several fins to Metabi, uh, made him wings out of umbrellas, uh, given him a beak, put a propeller on the top of his head, and strapped springs to the bottom of his, of his feet. And this is this is Metabi's arrow gear. I fucking love it. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. It looks good. It's a funny gag. I I love everything about this. Build your own meta parts, people. And uh, you know, they're really like they're they're gung ho about it. They're like they're gonna, they're ready to take Femjet on. They're gonna learn to fly. Uh and uh before anyone can say anything else, Mr. Referee comes in on a kite, uh, but crashes once he sees the equipment that Meta B has <laughs> on him. <laughs> it's so good. He goes, Do do both opponents really agree? uh the the battle begins uh b uh launches the spring feet to send him in the air but repeatedly crashes into the ground he can't get enough air his wings aren't aerodynamic enough everything's going bad femjet hasn't even moved and uh icky finally tells him all right well just win with your homing missiles and meta b fires the homing missiles they completely snake around femjet who hasn't moved around uh, moved at all and then like home in on him because he is the hottest object on the on the battlefield, which seems like it's just a bad a, a bad way to design a meta part, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I they didn't explain why it hit him in the sub, and I was trying to think: is it because he doesn't look like Meta B anymore, and his missiles didn't recognize him? Maybe like, do they have some sort of visual thing? Like that doesn't make sense. <laughs> but okay, like I it just happened because he was having bad luck, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Kaylee and Femjet do refuse Icky's meta parts for victory, uh, because the, the Mr. Every does bring them over. Um, Icky thinks that he just needed more tape. Uh, and, uh, yeah, this is, you know, Kaylee's ready to, like, just get out of here. Like, like, all right, cool, I beat you. You don't have the skills for this. I'm not going to train you. Uh, and goes to get into her biplane when the rubber robos pop out of it. And they they bonk Femjet on the head with a hammer and steal her metal and run off in the plane. It is a bat metal. Yeah. Which is an anti-air metal. Oh, okay. That's yeah. a smart thing to put in an aerial robot is an anti-air metal because then they can just take down their their airborne opponents, no problem. Yeah. Uh great for dogfighting. Originally I'm like anti-air. That's why it's afraid of flying. I'm like, "No, no, wait. I'm dumb. I'm sorry." <laughs> I had to um, chastise myself for that dumb thought. It oh. And and excuse me, uh the rubber robos don't run off in the plane. They do a big fart and then escape in their flying barrel machine. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't tell if it was a fart or not. Um but yeah, it's it's basically a fart. And then it's, it's a barrel UFO. It's like yeah. something out of Donkey Kong. Um it's it is a different colored smoke than we usually see, and I don't know if it's it's probably not supposed to be a fart, but in the dub they do explicitly say that's rude and it smells bad. Uh <laughs> Yeah, it's a brown gas cloud, and then they erupt, and it it does look like they're holding their butts as they fly off. Yeah, it, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> it might be a fart. I think it's a fart. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, but they they hang out inside of of their uh, their wooden UFO. They're drinking some wine. They're enjoying the fruits of their labor. Um, but the plane is in hot pursuit with everybody crammed into the front seat. Um, which is when, uh, the robos launch their secret weapon, their flying metabot, Drakenfly. Um, that's a good name. 
It is. Uh, it's it's a good looking metabot too. I really love like the a, kind of round front arms that are machine guns. Yeah, it, it's. Um, I mean, it its name in the sub is Dragon Beetle. Um, but yeah, it's it's a very. What if you have a flying bug, and yeah. like, it's phenomenal looking. I like um, almost the lattice work body it has. Yeah, of its arms and body, like it's metabots. When it knocks it out of the park, it knocks it out of the park. Yeah. Um, um, I love the fact it's a DRF type because I just kept saying <laughs> dwarf every time it was on the screen. Oh, we love dwarfs. We love dwarfs on this podcast. Uh, oh. But yeah, Dragonfly bu- buzzes the plane and then comes back and shoots up the tail, uh, which, um, you know, B had climbed out into the wing to try and shoot at it and nearly falls off the plane in the process, which is when Aki finally reveals that he does have some untested meta parts he didn't tell anybody about uh, because he isn't confident in them yet and transfers them to Meta B uh, to replace his legs so Meta B can fly. And they okay. are incredibly fast. <laughs> um, in the sub. Uh, Aki uh, goes, Medibi's going to die because we don't have any flying parts. And Aki goes, well, I mean, I do have some flying parts if you want to use them. I'm like, well, why didn't you tell us before? He goes, you didn't ask. <laughs> you just ran off to build stuff. And oh. these legs are super cool. This is a great pair of legs. <laughs> I, I love these gams on the boy. They do. They look really, because it's got like, um, uh, we've got like kind of like a long like thruster tail and then two kind of like legs with like maneuvering thrusters. And then the, the thruster tail also has like kind of like a tail with a big weight on it. That's probably some kind of maneuvering device or something. It's just, it looks good. Uh, and it makes me think that Meta B can go fast now. <laughs> He's got to go fast. Yeah. In um, fact, he can't not go fast. That's the problem in this fight. Yeah. Uh, Kaylee starts immediately shouting flying tips at him so he doesn't crash. Um, and, uh, this is when we see a big scary storm is here because the rubber robos are offering up, uh, 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 Femjet Lady Jet's, uh, metal, uh, as a rare metal, which is a thing that they're still doing because they still have a relationship with a rubber robo leader who's still trying to get rare metals from them because he clearly, like, wants to try his plan again to use rare metals to control all of the metabots, even though it failed previously and they destroyed the facility that he would have used to control the metals. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, we do see that it's, it's just a normal bat metal. It's, there's nothing special about it. It's regular ass metal. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, Maybe so next Dragonfly time we comes do this back show. and shoots the plane up a bunch, and Aki almost falls out of the plane yeah. this time. <laughs> Maybe next time we do this show, we'll do it in the sub order. Oh, man. Uh, let me tell you, uh, the other shows we've talked about doing after this, would there isn't there? it is just in sub order. Uh, hey, I, any of those shows, I'm down for. Yeah. Let's get weird. Uh, but yeah, Icky gets flung from the plane as Dragonfly flies by shooting, uh, and B manages to catch him, uh, but is like, okay, cool, yeah, I caught you, I saved, but I'm gonna throw you onto the rubber robo ship to same Fimjet, and I'm gonna go back to battle this metabot, uh. It, it makes sense, he can barely fly. Yeah. It, he, he probably can't fly with an eight-year-old boy in his arms. Yeah. Um, this is also when we find out that Mr. Referee has been on the tail of the plane the entire time, and declares it a row battle. Um... And uh, they get to shooting. Sea Slug immediately messes up piloting their UFO, and the entire thing rips itself apart, and everybody starts to fall. Um, 
uh, Beast, uh, you know, slides in to save Icky again, uh, but takes a hit to his flying legs, and they're on it. They're like losing altitude rapidly, uh, which is when Phantom Renegade zooms in on a hang glider and offers to save them, but only <laughs> if they'll give if they give him Metabee's medal, which is a thing that he definitely wants at this part of the show that he so- truly believes he needs to have, and that Metabee shouldn't have because he needs it. Because Metabee shouldn't have it. Because we're at this part of the show before the tournament that the Phantom Renegade has said that he's going to compete with them in as a team. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is going to make you happier. In the sub, Retort flies down, uh, opens his hang glider, and says, Grab my hand. And then Icky and Metabee keep falling and yell, Why did you open it before saving us? <laughs> <laughs> that's good and then as uh the retort you know keeps going up in the air he goes oh whoops <laughs> that's very good that's very fun and he's not seen again for the rest of the show <laughs> yeah oh man uh so kaylee starts to dive in the plane after them uh but just like they they can't get enough speed to be able to catch up they're falling too fast uh metabi happens to see that both Fimjet's coin and row parts are falling at the same elevation as them and uh you know manages to grab the the metal get it get it put in Fimjet and wake her back up uh but Fimjet is still too scared to pull off the rescue and so metabi has to give her a pep talk and it is a very good pep talk speech uh He's very no, it is not. <laughs> it's a very bad pep talk speech. Okay. What, what do you tell? Do, do you have the notes on the, the thing he says in the dub? I don't because it was just like kind of generic. Like, listen, you know, you're like it, it, you know, uh, you have this fear in your head, but you've flown before. There's nothing stopping you from flying except yourself. And you can do it. Like you have it inside of you. And I'm here to help you is basically like what the dub speech is. <laughs> That's a very good speech. I yeah. like that. I yeah. really wish that was what was in the sub. Um, <laughs> before I get to what he says in the sub, Icky's crying. Uh, as oh, uh, yeah. Medebi shoves him away to go get uh, Lady Jet's body. And he's it's... crying, screaming, Daddy, Mommy, help me. He's literally spinning in the air in free fall. It's very funny to watch. He's, I can't wait for you to get He's crying and uh, screaming for his parents because he believes he's falling to his death. You're going to get so many good <laughs> gifts out of this episode in the next episode. Oh, it's so good. Um, so Metabee, uh big powerful speech, is uh, – so Lady Jet knocked out, revived midair. She's got a big fear of heights and is – she can't do it. I mean, this is her worst case scenario. And then Medibee goes, if you can't do this, you're no better than a doll. And then, and then Lady Jet goes, uh-huh. And then he goes, well, us Metabots are alive, too. Each one of us has their own life. We're not dolls. And then Lady Jet goes, yeah. And then she transforms into an airplane. <laughs> but I'm like, how is that? What kind of speech is that? Repeating, yeah. <laughs> repeating that you're not a person. Well, we're, we are people, kind of. It's like, yeah, yeah, now I can fly. No problem. Oh, this This is one episode that definitely benefited from the dub in every way, except yeah. for the the placement. Yeah. Um, uh, and, you know, we, we, we get this kind of fake out of, you know, uh, Kaylee has to pull the plane up, otherwise they'll crash. Um, and they see, like, a... Uh, 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 Fimjet and Metabee and Icky tumble into a forest. You see a bunch of kind of like scattering like dust clouds as if they crashed until you see that they pulled up at the last minute and come zooming out. Um, 
arrow form is literally just Femjet turning into a plane um, and uh, in, you know, super Gundam fashion has latched onto the back of, of Meta B. So she's doing all the flying. Meta B's doing all the shooting. They've gra- they've also grabbed onto Icky um, and they basically, you know, pull out, do an amazing like air show and Meta B shoots the shit out of Dragonfly causing him to crash and they win. Uh, and yeah, Aeroform is just, it's a fucking jet. It's just yeah, a jet, uh, baby. <laughs> that's not referenced at all in the sub. It's just, oh, yeah, she could turn into a jet if she wants. <laughs> uh, so we cut over to, they, they're doing another air show. Uh, Henry and Aki are, ta- are like hanging out and talking about why the Rubber Robos went after Femjet to begin with. Aki explains they must have mistaken Meta B losing the fight for Femjet winning the fight, when really it was just Meta B defeating himself. Um, and that's why they thought Femjet was powerful and wanted to steal her medal. Um, um. So earlier in the sub, they, as they are stealing um, the medal, they say, if you beat that guy without moving, you must be really strong. <laughs> uh, so they explicitly state that, which, fine, yeah. I guess they just follow Meta B around and watch to see what happens at all times, yeah. which makes sense. Okay. You know, Team Rocket rules. They're always looking for chances to steal Meta B. Uh. They hate that twerp. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the conversation here is weirder. <laughs> Henry mentions uh, it's amazing uh, Meta B brought back uh, Lady Jet with a pep talk. Like, you know, th- that really shows um, the soul of Meta B. And Aki goes, ah, yes, the abilities of a rare metal are mysterious. I'm like, are you just attributing Meta B being able to revive someone from a pep talk to be a rare metal, like, power? <laughs> like, that's that's bonkers, dude. I the the wording in this whole thing makes it sound like Aki believes, oh yeah, anybody with a rare metal could have done that. That's <laughs> wild. Yeah. I don't I think what Aki does is he just attributes everything to rare metals. I, I think that's who he is. He's like, oh yeah. Uh, sometimes you turn green and like shoot lasers. Yeah, it's a rare metal thing. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> Aki literally has no idea how anything works uh in in the realm of metabots. <laughs> Uh, he's the professor after all <laughs> oh man uh yeah uh they uh, uh femjet and kaylee do draw do some sky writing that says thank you meta uh in the sky uh arika snaps a picture of it um and uh meta and icky start to fight all over again because aki is taking back the experimental flight legs and now they can't fly anymore and that's just where the episode ends uh except he's not taking back the legs because we use it again later. We do. Fights, uh, <laughs> oh, wait, you mean, what do you mean we use it again later? We already used them, Mitch. Those were different legs. There was, those were different developed legs that Aki lended to them off screen that we didn't see in an episode and each got to use them. And then these are totally new developed legs. That's why they're, these, these legs have a red highlight, whereas the other legs didn't have a red highlight. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Meta B1. Uh, Dragon Beetle's gravity manipulation arm, which is dope. Uh, they call it dra- Dragonfly shooting arm in in the the dub. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, which means he's got uh, the bear's gravity arm and Dragon Beetle's gravity arm. Just just use two arms, dude. Yeah, I would love <laughs> to manipulate all gravity. Uh, it sounds like a good way to rip a meta metabot in half, basically. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking, uh, you could rip the Earth in half, the crust, the mantle, and the core. We'll get to that in the next episode. <laughs> so uh, we are now brought to episode 
Shit, what episode is this? Um, episode 38, Love at First Bite, or episode 28, Operation Takayaki. Yes. Uh, so this comes between, this, this is supposed to come right after 15 minutes of shame. So right after that, uh, you know, uh, Metabi and Iki find out that they are, you know, in the running for the top three. Um, Which is wild. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh uh, you know, um, I don't know if this is, I, I don't know why this just popped into my head. Um, but it, oh, it does come before Bridge Ever Troubled Squid Guts. Um, so, you know, I don't know if we're going to come back to that or not. We'll, we'll see. I, I understand why that popped in your head. Cause this episode is about, uh, <laughs> squid guts, <laughs> and, not the person, know, but, but the food. Uh, and, and yeah, we know that squid guts is, has been out of work for a while, uh, so, you know, I think, I think there might be, you made some hints that there's some lore in this episode and that's where my mind went. Sounds like I'm That wrong. is not it. Yes. Okay. Uh, so. <laughs> no, we, no, uh, this is so good, dude. Yeah. Uh, love at first bite. We meet Natalie, uh, a young girl with, uh, with, uh, Takayaki shaped, um, uh, braids in her hair, uh, working a, uh, a Takayaki street sand selling, delicious beautiful uh octopus balls and um <laughs> we start with a narration oh okay and description of what takiyaki is that's good i uh, wish they would have done that earlier in the dub but i I'm know what takiyaki you, is <laughs> yeah i'm gonna show you uh clips of it later um here's the lore so we get narration uh from mr narrator uh over the screen describing what takiyaki is and then talking about um you know, you know how important it is to Japan, and then um, talking about love and about how this is actually a love story. And as he's talking about it being a love story, we see a big red uh, cute octopus wiggle its way onto the screen. Yeah, a- and then it kisses the screen and says, "I'm not kidding. He's not. Mr. Narrator's an octopus, dude. Oh my god! <laughs> the octopus is talking." This entire time, Mr. Narrator's been an octopus. That's why he's so cold-blooded. <laughs> <laughs> That's the secret lore of Metabots we did not know. Mr. Narrator is an octopus. Well, as, as we know, um, the, the two species on Earth most likely to, to arise to like human-level sentience are octopi and dolphins. So, uh, I do and, have uh, my money bet on octopi. Uh, <laughs> and uh, cats, clearly. No, that's, you know, as you said. Oh, it was an alien cat. Yeah, you've said the cat's an alien. It's not a human cat. It's a space cat. It's a different species. (laughs) A human cat's a cat boy. Okay, so Icky is nearby, hungry from uh, training, and uh, Arika calls his stomach growling rude. Um, And this is right when Icky gets a whiff of takoyaki and goes hog wild running after it uh, uh when he does smell it and say what's that smell arika do- does go what uh uh you know women women fart too or whatever uh before <laughs> he runs off um and as we find out from arika the only thing that icky loves more than row battles is takoyaki uh, and at this takoyaki sand that he runs to, the screws are already here enjoying our octopus balls and uh, having a great time. It seems like these are absolutely delicious, delicious little deep fried sea creature treats. Um, and Natalie even hands out a free sample to Icky. Uh, and uh, we find out her takoyaki are made by her metabot, Octoclam, who has specialty wind. Uh, 
Just wins specialty Octoclam. Um, Arika tries All one, right. and we get this beautiful shot of the takoyaki, like, like, like not quite Miyazaki foods level, but like still like good, like more like, um, uh, if you played a Yakuza game, like the illustrations of food in that game, it's it's on par with that. It's good. It's good. To, it's this is a delicious looking takoyaki. I wish I could eat it. I can't because I'm allergic to octopus. But oh well. Um, and uh, Icky finally goes to take a bite of this of this this takoyaki, and is just covered in a in a, a malaise, uh, in in a, 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 a just a fog of disappointment because the octopus chunk is too big. Yeah, it's uh, um, okay. I, I'm a man who has got very strong uh, food opinions, um, and I have at times talked a lot like Icky does in this episode. I like to think I'm not that big of an ass, but I I recognize the fact I might be, and then especially as a child, I probably was. So this uh, ooh, this episode's uh, hitting a little close to home sometimes. <laughs> But um, it is it is nice to see Icky once again passionate and intelligent about something he's talking about. We haven't gotten that in months it, since like yeah. the first couple episodes. Has he been competent and passionate? Yeah, I it's mean, usually presu- one of the two. Yeah. Presumably, um, at this point, uh, Icky has only been row battling for six months to a year, whereas he has been in love with Takayaki for his entire life. This is his true passion. His entire you know, life, you know, yeah, dalliance like a couple with years. soccer. And, you know, he's recently got a, gotten into row battling, but we know that Takoyaki's going to be with him for his entire life. Um, it, it, the food does look very good. Um, <laughs> I, I'm just, we get the screws back. Uh, it's been five episodes since we've seen the screws. It's been too long. Yeah. Uh, nobody home was the last time we did see them. And we only saw them for, we, we didn't interact with them. We watched them from an alleyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> We got assaulted by them for snooping. Uh, uh, but we do, uh, you know, uh, uh, Natalie fires back. Uh, she's from Osaka, where they like the chunks big. Uh, Icky tells her this isn't Osaka, and he's the authority on takoyaki here, and begins to give us his takoyaki theory, theory that octopus balls are like the earth. They have layers. Uh, and you have to make sure that the crust and the mantle and the core all have a proper balance, otherwise the takoyaki will explode. Well, um, he's a little less explodey in the uh, the sub. Uh, he's a little more. Um, he's very short with her, to be fair. Um, but like, so he goes. Um, she goes. Oh, this is how you know we do it in Osaka. And he goes. Uh, this is how we do it in Osaka. You're from Kanto. You wouldn't understand. And he goes. Takoyaki as a dish represents all of Japan. I don't care how you do things in Osaka. I can't accept takoyaki with this much octopus inside. And he he goes on to explain. Um, you know, not that it's uh going to cause the earth to explode, but it's more about the balance and harmony found within. And if you find harmony in takoyaki, you find harmony in the earth. <laughs> Now, and I'm here's... like, all right, yeah, yeah. And I agree. One of my food opinions is the crust to sauce to cheese ratio of a pizza. Yeah. And it's got to be, I mean, you can mess with it. Like, we were talking today, Chicago Deep Dish, love that kind of pizza. <laughs> and it is a very different ratio than like a, a New York style or a St. Louis style or, you know, what have you. But the perfect pizza it has to have a very specific ratio for me to go yes that's perfect everything else is like oh yeah that's real good i love it but like it's not perfection 
Now, I have a different objection that came from this this statement. Uh, that's fine. And that's uh I I get that um, you know, the Osaka uh Tokyo like Osaka Kanto kind of uh rivalry is a good thing to pull here to explain this kind of uh to immediately get the booking for this. Like it makes sense. Uh but from previous episodes of Metabots I don't think that I think that other than at this one point, I don't think that the town that Icky lives in is in Kanto, uh, because we constantly like you know when we get references to where in Japan we are, we're in southern Japan, um, and you know this is this is certainly a a, a nice sized like town or city, but it certainly isn't Tokyo. Uh, we, we don't see mm. like the absolute like ridiculous high rises we would see in Tokyo, even though Tokyo has like a very very large metro- a metropolitan area and like suburbs. Like Kanto is basically a mega city. Uh, but at the same time, I I feel like if from previous episodes, if you had to guess where uh, where the town that Iki lives in is, I would say it's a suburb of Osaka or it's in Kyushu. I would never say that it's in fucking, uh, like a suburb of Tokyo, uh, which is, that's, that's my hot take personally. Uh, I'll go with you. What I know about, uh, Japanese geography and the cities thereof came from, um, Pokemon. <laughs> so not necessarily a, uh, a great start or what I've gleamed from, um, various manga that I've read. And since I'm terrible with names and places, I, I got no chance. So I was like, all right, uh, prefecture. Okay, I understood yeah. that word. Uh, yes. uh, 99% of all anime and manga takes place in Tokyo or a suburb of Tokyo, unless they explicitly say otherwise, and usually they will. Uh, like, you know, it's it's rare that an anime is in Kyushu or Hokkaido. It's incredibly rare that an anime is in a different part of Japan other than Tokyo, or a different part of uh, Honshu than, than Tokyo. Uh, and, uh, you know, Japan has, like, pretty pretty different dialects across uh, yes. uh, the country. And, like, that's why the, the Osaka accent in particular is, like, fairly strong. And usually in a dub will get dubbed over as being, like, a Texan accent. Um both Dialect. because of the implications of of Osaka being a money loving like southern area of Japan, and also the fact that like every like dubbing studio in America was located in Texas for a long time. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, the the dialect actually comes up several times in this uh, this episode, which is yeah. great. Um, in fact, uh, when Sam uh, offers Arika a bite of her takoyaki. Um, uh, Arika's commenting about how Sam is even speaking in an Osaka dialect now. Oh <laughs> like, man, yeah, if, like it's if, so good that she's speaking differently. Yeah, uh, Sam Sam fits an Osaka dialect. I feel like Sam would get along in Osaka very well. Uh, Sam's great. It's, it's her kind of town. Um, oh man. Uh, so this is at uh, uh, Iki gives the takoyaki a six out of ten rating for not being balanced enough, uh, which immediately causes Natalie to whip up a new batch herself instead of using uh, Octoclam. Uh, and he throw she throws it at him, and he gives that a four out of ten for having bad batter that isn't spongy enough. She she put too much moisture in it, uh, and so then she whips up a new batch, and he gives that one a two out of ten for being incredibly unbalanced and just like nothing coming together well. Um, 
and she makes a, a, a new final batch. Food Wars is this is the best food anime ever made. I would mm-hmm. watch this all day, every day. Uh, and Icky cha- like she makes a new batch and she offers it up. And Icky challenges her. Oh, if you think it's so good, try one yourself. And she does, and she can't even stomach it. And it's revealed it's because she forgot the Bonito Flakes. Zero out of ten. So, um, <laughs> what he says in the sub is the first time, yeah, there's too much water in the batter. Yeah. So she adjusts the batter by 2.5%. She's that technical. And then he goes, oh, the batter's not sticky enough. So she goes, oh, I'll make it thicker. And she hands it to him and eats it. And he goes, do you know what you did wrong there? You made it too thick, so now it can't absorb the sauce. And the temperature differential made the dry bonito fall off. And she's just crying. I'm this like, episode's okay, so that's being good. a dick. <laughs> but, like, he's being so incredibly specific. And she's technically able to keep up. And, like, they are a match. We're going to get there. We're going to get for why this episode rules very soon. But we have to we have to have the drama first before we can get to the good sweet parts. Uh, so, yeah, Icky makes her cry, so she just runs away. And it's great. Yeah. She she does promise that she'll come back to prove herself when she runs off. Uh, um, and we, we cut over to that. And, oh, wait, go for it. <laughs> no, I, I, I was going to say, there's stuff happening in the sub. I know you're not getting in the dub. Yeah. And it's good. I, I'll tell you. We'll get there. Yeah, so she runs away. She runs away. Uh, we cut over to the next day, or we cut over to that night where she's camped out with, in a tent with a generator and her food food cart and everything. Uh, and she's talking to her dad on the phone, uh, forlorn over her failure to make good takoyaki. Um, well, I guess, oh, before she talks to her dad, uh, she's forlorn. Octoclam says it's not true. Uh, but, you know, your, your takoyaki's great. And when she questions about it, he's like, oh, I gotta go. Oh, excuse me. He's like, oh, I, I, I got to get back to work. I, you know, I got to get back to making uh, takoyaki. I got to get back to making uh, pre-prep and stuff. And she's like, oh. She calls her dad. Uh, and uh, they have a little conversation. She's letting him know how her day goes. And, you know, uh, oh, yeah, it was totally fine. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm making, I'm, I've made some money. Oh, well, you know, I'm mostly just paying for my costs. And then she gets offended because her dad apparently suggests that in order to, like, make a profit, she should replace the octopus with corned beef. And she ends up hanging up on him for suggesting such a thing for, for, you know, Going against the integrity <laughs> of being one of the best uh, uh, producers of, of takoyaki in Japan. Now, before I get into what the sub says, <laughs> would you eat corned beef takoyaki? Um, so I'm thinking about it. Uh, like the the few time the the one or two times that I've made the mistake of accidentally eating octopus. Like it's like most shellfish in that it's kind of rubbery. Um, mm-hmm. In a good way, uh, and specifically, but has like more of a springiness to it than like crab mm-hmm. or shrimp does, um, which makes me think that maybe corned beef could kind of fill that same like texture. But I feel like corned beef is too wet to like be able to like to fill the same role in like a fried ball kind of thing. I feel like there's no way you could get corned beef dry enough uh, to well. to be able to like fry it well. Do I have some bad cooks to introduce you to, friend? <laughs> um, so in the sub, uh, her dad calls her. Uh, also, uh, her octopus uh, does not have like any lines at all in the whole episode. Okay. Completely that mute, sucks. which I love. It's great because he keeps looking at her. Uh, then she 
says, oh, yes, you're right. <laughs> and I, that is good to me. Um, her dad calls and she goes, dad, are you drunk? Mom told you to knock off the drinking. Are you listening to me? Oh, yes. God. <laughs> Coach Shinjo is a great man, but that's not, you know what? Forget it. And hangs up on him. I'll have to shoulder the future of Marunada on my own. Ooh. <laughs> I was not <laughs> expecting that. Yeah. Uh, her dad's a drunk and um, she has to run the stand all by herself in order to uh, have any sort of future. She is the greatest character. And when you get more backstory later, like, she has the best motivation out of everybody in this show. Um, also, we don't have her name yet. She does not say her name for like another seven minutes into the show. Oh, that's that, that, you know, that checks out with how other things go in this episode. It makes sense. She, she and Icky only live Takoyaki. That's why nobody says their names in this episode. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. But yeah, uh, <laughs> her dad's a drunk and uh, apparently uh, just talks about the, um, the local baseball team's coach, the Tigers. Yeah. And he talks about how great the coach is and she just gets mad and hangs up on him. You know, uh, in a, you know, in a better show, in a, a show that subbed, uh, you know, also we have, we have run-ins with the Yakuza. This is just another Yakuza side story or sub story. Yes. Yeah, so which when you're, when you're talking about, um, Squid Guts, I was like, oh, you know, it would be kind of interesting, uh, if Squid Guts was, you know, you know, her dad and it was kind of hiding his life a crime from her, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, no, 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 I'm not going to allow that. This man is a drunk and a bad father. <laughs> yeah. Squid Guts, Squid Guts would not be a drunk and a bad father. It, also, it, yeah. um, her it, dad's it married. It fits in with the dub version of her father who <laughs> yeah. is just, you know, a, a trying to penny pinch to get more profit out of the family business. Uh. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Squid Guts did try to just marry Miss Mimosa. And uh, this girl's dad is very clearly married, and the mom <laughs> is very unhappy about that. <laughs> That's true. I forgot about that. Uh, oh, man. Um, so uh, we cut to the next day, uh, or I guess it, this is probably the same night. Um, uh, Metabi and Salty are playing a fighting game, uh, but Icky can't stop thinking about the takoyaki. Uh, he's just obsessed with takoyaki. <laughs> it's good. But I love the idea of Meta B and Salty playing a fighting game together. <laughs> it's I love Salty, and I I know we're supposed to take that uh, Meta B won the fight, but it just could have easily been Salty winning that fight. Yeah. Just because the character on the left is the one who won does not mean it wasn't Salty. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but man. even if Salty is the one who lost because he's not touching the buttons, that's still very funny. Yeah. <laughs> God. Meta B's the greatest. Um Icky keeps saying, I can't get her takoyaki out of my mind, by the way, it's, in the, the, in the yeah. stuff. He, it, he it, only calls it her takoyaki. We're, we're setting things up. He's critical mm-hmm. of her takoyaki, but uh, the, the way that Arika was talking about it, it sounds like he's critical about everybody's takoyaki. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem like he normally gives people attention the way that he's giving her attention for this takoyaki. So, mm-hmm. Which makes sense the next day when they happen by the takoyaki stand again. And they lock eyes for takoyaki battle. Uh, uh, she does um, finally meet Metabi, 
uh, she sees that she that, that Icky has a metabot with him, and she's like, "Okay, well, I'll overwhelm your taste buds, and then I'll overwhelm your metabot because her plan is she's gonna go to the championships so that she can advertise her her takoyaki, her octopus ball product." on an international stage so that she can be set for life. And, and that's, you know, she's, she wants to win, but she's going there knowing it's going to be a business opportunity for her. Um, this brought up two things. <laughs> well, one in the, the sub, she doesn't mention money at all. It's the pride of people knowing she's the best at Takayaki. Yeah. And I'm talking about saving the shop, but like for the most part, it's about the pride. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, uh, it, it's just such such a good character. I, yeah. I love it. Um, no, this is a great episode. Uh. <laughs> and I'm sitting here thinking, like, what if she's the number three? We've been concerned about this whole time. Uh, she could. She Who could knows? be. She could be, uh, at least currently, the fourth best meta fighter in Japan. It it does make sense uh, as as we'll 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 find out soon enough why it's mm-hmm. going to make sense. In the meantime, Icky refuses. He won't battle her until she satisfies him with perfect takoyaki, uh, and the balance of her balls is even worse than before. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Octoclam proceeds to just like start firing off takoyaki from the grill straight into Icky's mouth. Um, and he just keeps eating them and eating and eating them and keeps criticizing them. She says, why can't you just tell me they're good? And Icky refuses to lie about their quality. And mm-hmm. he'll keep eating them until his stomach ruptures until he has the perfect one. Because that's his commitment to perfect takoyaki. Exactly. Um, <laughs> he goes, I don't care if my stomach explodes and I die. I will not stop until I find the perfect takoyaki. Yeah. And, and this she goes, is when she yeah. recognizes that he's doing everything he can to push her to make the perfect takoyaki that they both know that she can make, which is when she falls in love with Hickey and confesses in front of everybody, shocking them. <laughs> so um, the way she puts it in the sub is, uh, I never met someone so serious and so sincere about takoyaki. And then she goes, what is this I'm feeling? Because this be love? Yeah. And Nikki's like, what's wrong? Give me more. And she goes, I fell in love with you. <laughs> we, when she says, Could this, is this love, we do see an octopus with a pair of wings and a bow of arrow fly behind her. And it's so good. <laughs> it's so. The last time we saw this was the spy who row battled me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was a little sea slug. Uh, with yeah. The, but yeah, with the Cupid. But like, it's the same image. Oh, man. Uh, you know. And, but I uh, love the I, excuse of. <laughs> Why aren't you doing this thing? And then angrily, I fell in love with you. Like, God, that's so good. Yeah. And then uh, the narrator pops in going, see, I told you this was a love story. I'm like, you're an octopus from the rest of the series. I'm just going to go, you're an octopus every time the narrator talks. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Icky does fire back that there's no way that she could fall in love with him. And she spurs uh, Octoclam to shoot him full of more takoyaki to to make him fall in love with her. Okay. uh, Which is Um, when he collapses and falls backwards. Uh, And this is when, well, I guess if you have a comment real quick, otherwise I'm going to move on to the next big thing. Uh, Uh, Icky goes, no, no, no. This is a duel for takoyaki. You can't go and fall for me like that. (laughs) And then she slams down, tell me it's tasty. Eat the takoyaki made of love. (laughs) <laughs> but but he's going no 
you can't fall in love with me because, you know, I'm me. He goes, no, don't fall in love with me. That's a distraction from Takayaki. <laughs> it's the truth. Uh, so, yeah, Icky falls backwards, too full of Takayaki. This is when Metabi says, Icky, if you're really that hungry, if you, if you can't anymore, I can always get you a doggy bag. Which is when Natalie realizes he is the number three ranked meta fighter and realizes that he's who she has to beat to rise in the rankings to go to the championship. She's completely taken aback and uh, runs off, runs off into the in, into the streets of, of the city that they're in. Uh, just, you know, completely for Klimt. As uh, out of nowhere, the rubber robos have apparently repaired their ninja metabots because they're watching and waiting on a nearby rooftop as to see how this plays out. Presumably to ambush Icky and Metabee to defeat him and steal his his medal for their ongoing plot that is definitely still happening and not over. We we still haven't gotten the um the episode where uh the robots attack uh Cyan Dog and Metabee. Oh no, that's not an episode. We, still that that yeah. happened off that happened completely off screen and we just saw it in a flashback at the start of an episode. It's never gonna happen. Um, it already happened episodes ago. Mitch, uh, what are you talking about? Um, so there is a... You know what's uh, really weird is that Space Metafighter X has been apparently training Koji for the last eight episodes, and we still haven't checked in on that, or seen Rentaro again. Well, I, I one of those <laughs> things I'm sad about. <laughs> um, we get a good goof here. Uh, Spike asks um, Sam if she wants some of his takoyaki. And she chastises him because he's using the wrong dialect. <laughs> he changed his dialect to the wrong one. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's that's a good goof. He just good goof, wants her yeah. approval so much, he forgot the right accent. Like, imagine if this was uh, an American cartoon show, and it was like, I don't know, um, a gumbo stand. And uh, Spike started using, like, a New England accent, or, or a Midwest <laughs> accent, or <Yeah>. something. <laughs> It's so good. Oh, man. Uh, oh. So we, we cut to Natalie's campsite again in the evening. Um, Natalie's telling her dad uh, that, you know, things have gotten complicated. You know, she found the person uh, that she's in love with, uh, but uh, they both want to go to the championship. And, like, what, is, what, what should she do about that? And her dad says that she should so, show no mercy. And she's like, yeah, I got to beat him. I can't let my dreams go down just because I love this boy. <laughs> Um, she sounds a little bit more poetic in, in this sub talking about daddy. Look, I fallen for something, uh, fallen for somebody I should not have fallen for. And then she's like, I want him to win the championship. I love him. and I believe in his dreams, but then I can't do my own dreams. What should I do? And then he's talking about baseball and she goes, yeah, you're right. You know, sometimes you say the right thing too. <laughs> I'm oh, just, man. I'm just picturing this drunk dad just talking about baseball as she's talking about her love life and she's like yeah yeah all right uh we cut to the next day uh and this is we get a nice follow-up goof uh the first time we did a cut like this uh arika is talking about how like oh and last night i thought i was going into the broom closet but i was really going into the water closet <laughs> kind of thing <laughs> uh and to this time we get metabi saying you know, I thought I was going into the sink, but really I was drinking out of the toilet. Oh, <laughs> you know, uh, oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so, uh, <laughs> Natalie sees them cha and chases Icky down in the cart. 
Um, uh, but, and he, he tries to run away, but as, as they kind of zoom out, he's running in place and being pulled back by the smell of, of, of octopus balls. He's that in love with Takayaki. What a good goof. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, finally, finally, um, we have the perfect Takayaki. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's not quite there, but you know, it's, it's, it's good. It's, it's, it's great. Uh, Icky has one as like, yes, this is, this is it. This is what I've been craving. This is the perfect, uh, Takayaki, which is when Natalie asks him to get to know him better. Uh, which is when she pulls them aside and, uh, she tells them that, uh, her family owns the octopus ballroom in Osaka, uh, but they've gone bankrupt. Uh, her dad decided to cut costs by using corned beef instead of octopus once they started getting, like, way too many customers than they could handle for their supply chain. And because of that, uh, all the customers end up leaving anyways. Um, and it wasn't until she met Octoclam that uh, it inspired her to travel Japan fighting metabots and winging, winning back customers with a takoyaki stand. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, that's not what happens. Okay. Um, she explains, uh, first of all, her name is, uh, Nadako. <laughs> she, she goes, oh, by the way, this is my name. And then she launches <laughs> into her tragic backstory. Um, she explains that her family's losing everything. Their, their home, their business, their pride, everything. Her dad used to be a takoyaki master, but then he got cocky and apathetic and became a drunk. Uh, the customer stopped showing up cause he stopped caring. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the family is falling apart. Um, that's when she met, uh, her octopus, Octoclam. And she thought, Hey, with the Metabot, I could travel cooking takoyaki and fighting row battles. So that way she could win. So the whole world would know about the shop. So people start coming to the shop again so she can fix her family. Yeah. And then she goes, but then I met you and fell in love. Oh, why does that hurt so much to beat someone yeah, in battle uh, is too much to bear. Yeah. Like, Cause she, yeah, she says that only by going to the Metabot Championship can she get the, the enough of a, like an international platform to convince everybody that the Octopus Ballroom is actually corned beef free now. Uh, and she doesn't know if she can fight the one she, she loves uh, because she's so super strong that she'll definitely be icky. And she can't <laughs> she doesn't know if she can destroy Icky's dreams like that. I mean, she does sound pretty strong. Yeah, uh, this is when she gets, she figures out, uh, this is why she asks Icky to marry her, um, because if, if Icky marries her, that means that she can go to the championship and, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, make sure that their dreams are won, and in the meantime, Icky can be making takoyaki at the family business so that she doesn't have to feel bad about the business not having anybody running it. I mean... <laughs> That is a good ass plan, though. <laughs> I mean, they're eight, but like other than that, this is um, the thing that people keep repeatedly saying: is we're you're too young to marry somebody. <laughs> yeah, but on the like, she had to grow up quick. Yeah, she was like four or five in that uh, that background, uh, the backstory. So that means she's been traveling alone for like three or four years on her own. Yeah, Yaki. So um, she was five, basically. You know, living uh, that Pokemon life. Uh, Arika yells, you're just a kid. At her. Yeah. Uh, Arika's the one who objects. Yeah. I, again, 
subtly pushing that Arika icky narrative that no one likes. It, it, you know, we do get a, a lot of flashes of Arika blushing during this uh, yeah. and like objecting, but Icky also refuses. And mm-hmm. uh, when Natalie like really like leans in and assures him like, no, I really do love you. I want to be with you. Like, I'm just trying to find a way for us to be together. That's when Meta B and Arika start to walk off to give them space. <laughs> yeah, I, they're they're like, I mean, she's she's got a good plan. Yeah. As they're walking away. They're agreeing. Uh, I mean, it makes sense. And, it's great. And, and Mitch, this is when we get one of the funniest goofs in all of Metabots. She's again asking Icky to marry him. And this is when we hear Mr. Referee off screen go, it's agreed. Because <laughs> he's just at the stand eating takoyaki. And uh, Icky's like, no, I don't. I don't agree. I don't agree to the marriage. Uh, which so is good. when Natalie challenges Icky to a row battle with a proposal on the line. And uh, despite Icky still objecting to even that, Mr. Referee calls it a match and uh, Meta B and Octoclam get ready to face off. <laughs> Okay, hold on here real quick. Um, so, uh, <laughs> Icky goes, uh, I, what kind of battle is this with such a uh, strong condition online? What would happen if I lose? And Mr. F goes, marriage. What's the big deal? Marriage is always decided spur of the moment. Now, <laughs> Colin, you're a noted wife haver. Is this yeah. true? No. <laughs> uh no it's not i knew uh i wanted I, I i knew i wanted to propose to my wife for like at least a year or two before we we like got engaged we talked about the idea of marriage a lot um uh you know uh, uh from like the mo like the like there was a moment where we went on like a, a trip uh like a little bed and breakfast anniversary trip that i wanted to propose on it but ended up not being able to get a ring in time for it mm-hmm. um and uh, the only spur of the moment thing was I got the ring and just held on to it, not knowing what I was going to propose until just a moment happened to like come up that was good for it. And we did. And then we were like, we were engaged for like another like two, two and a half, three years before we got married. Um, and yeah, uh, not- absolutely nothing spur of the moment about any part of our marriage. <laughs> Well, I I guess that is a very sweet story. Um, <laughs> did she at least beat you in battle? No. Oh well. <laughs> I I guess we've, I guess yeah, fairy tale weddings never, don't come true. <laughs> I don't think we've ever battled. Come oh. to think of it. Uh, oh, that's weird. <laughs> it's my understanding that's what love is. Uh, you know, never crossed swords with my wife. Uh, never, never engaged in uh, forced Pokemon combat with my wife. So uh, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think we've ever battled before. Uh, uh, so I guess you guys are more of like a doubles team. Maybe. Uh, I have. I have. <laughs> you DM'd fight back for to back. <laughs> um. Oh man, but yeah, uh, Octoclam and Metabi face off, and they're ready to fight. And don't and just have a face off and don't do anything because then we cut over and Icky and Mr. Referee are too busy eating takoyaki to both command the fight or oversee the fight. Uh, um, Icky screams, oh, no, I've instinctively started eating at the same time. Uh, Natalie screams, oh, no, I've instinctively started cooking. Yeah, like, they are perfect for each other. <laughs> no, they're great. <laughs> They're eight, but they are perfect for each other. Um, is, and Metabee yeah. is cheering them on the whole time. He's like, I love this marriage. I like her guts. And I'm like, all right, yeah. 
Look, this is this is one of those things where, like, you know, clearly, uh, you know, there's a little there's a tinge of like Icky and Erika that's always going to be around, and Icky and Karen is like the front and center romance. But if if we were to get a a, a, a current like day Metabot show where like the the whole cast were, were adults now, and uh, you know, we had a new cast of of, of youngins to to row battle, if Icky and Natalie weren't married and had several children i would be very disappointed because they are very clearly made for each other uh icky and nat and okay so natalie doesn't have a good home life you know who's got a good home life with two loving parents who are also criminals icky (laughs) i mean yeah criminals fine but like she could have that stable home life yeah you know you you know who i would trust to get uh natalie's dad sober again uh mrs tenrio oh god (laughs) yes absolutely <laughs> god oh man uh so they do manage to get the fight started um but they still can't stop eating takoyaki uh but um uh metavi and octoclam are left to kind of fight on their own but natalie is still cognizant enough that while she's making the takoyaki she can still issue commands so this is when octoclam uses his wind attack uh, where he uses this uh, the the kind of Tengu fan that he has because as Sam was very rightly uh, to point out in her production Discord, Octoclam is one of the first Metabots we've ever seen that has like a uh, an equipment set that isn't just one hundred percent the Octoclam set. Like he's got a couple of different meta parts on him, including this Tengu fan, which is really cool. Yeah, uh, and the sub uh, when he's introduced, it is. Uh, um... I keep calling it Octoclan, but its Japanese name is... Uh, where is it? Where is it? Uh, Kanehachi Mark II Takayaki version. Okay, yeah. Because, yeah, it's the Takayaki custom. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but, yeah, this is where Octoclan... Take that, Gundam. Turned. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, as we know from Gundam, the aquatic mobile suits are always the best ones. And this does not refute that idea. Uh I definitely think Octoclem is going to rate high in our season two Metabots rankings. Uh, this is so, a good chance. Uh, I mean, it's not going to be the bunny rabbit. God. Ugh. Uh, so Octoclem turns into a giant pink tornado um, and sucks up Metabee and beats the shit out of him. Uh, <laughs> and again, uh, Icky and uh, Metabee are, are too busy eating to do anything. So Arika has to move in to do something about Icky. She's like, I've got to I've got to get Icky's head in the game. And we she does that. We cut over to, to Metabee and Octoclan. We cut back and Arika is also eating takoyaki because <laughs> it's that good. <laughs> this, uh, this takoyaki is the best takoyaki in the world. <laughs> God. Yeah, um, I had to stop uh, what we were doing before we recorded we started recording late because i'm like i'm i'm too hungry rewatching these episodes i need to eat (laughs) oh man uh yeah and and similarly like icky is like trying to get his head in the game to like command metabee for the fight but his head is just so clouded with the smell of dakoyaki that he can't do it uh but natalie does manage to send octoclam for one final whirlwind um and uh this is when uh she finally makes the absolutely perfect takoyaki, this earth summoning takoyaki, the perfect balance, which awakens Icky's mind. He gives it a 10 out of 10. It's perfect. Natalie begins to cry as she imagines their wedding, but the takoyaki gets sucked <laughs> up into the whirlwind, Mitch. It's okay, lost I'm sorry. forever. I'm sorry. Hold on. 
You are brushing past the best part of this episode. We are. Oh, yeah. I cannot. We cannot leave alone in, in Natalie's imagination. We see older Icky. We see Bishonen Icky. <laughs> she made food so good it made Icky handsome. And now they're getting married. The episode <laughs> is over. What a good show. Oh, my God. Icky has like this rock hard jaw. His ponytail is longer. Like, it's like, oh, I can't wait for gifts of this match. You need to give me gifts of this. <laughs> Don't worry. You'll get them. And, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, imagine eating food so good. You're handsome. <laughs> yeah. Imagine eating food so good and giving it to the person that you love that you can immediately imagine your wedding together. <laughs> uh, that, I mean, that's the dream, right? Yeah. Fighting the person you love and then making food that they love. And then you get married. <laughs> I'm a romantic. Forgive me. It's almost Valentine's Day. Yeah. But. Yeah. 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 Well, I've, you know, this episode is going to come out after Valentine's Day. I know I had hinted, I had, I had made assertions that maybe we would do a double episode because of the bad episode with the fucky mermaid robot. And then we didn't, uh, because obviously you've heard the Sam episode that came out last week, mm-hmm. which we thought like, Oh, what a good Valentine's Day episode. We were wrong. This is the Valentine's Day episode. I should have done a double release. Uh, you know what? That's a lot of work. We can just be in love mode for a while. That's fine. We can. It's it's February. Uh, so, um, but the takoyaki gets sucked in the whirlwind, and immediately, uh, Iki is sucked into revenge mode because Natalie didn't write down the recipe yet. She was too focused on just mass making this takoyaki instinctually mm-hmm. uh, that she didn't even think to write down the, the recipe for it. And now it's just completely lost for her. And in anger and revenge, Icky commands Metabi to take out Octoclam. And he does. And <laughs> Natalie is forced to call the marriage off since Icky won. Uh, she's, a, she's a person of her word. Icky thanks her from the bottom of his stomach for the perfect octopus ball that he got to taste. Because he did get to eat the one. And Nikki, uh, Natalie lets him know that uh, Nikki, Nikki's the ship name. Uh, Natalie lets Ooh. him know that she is going to keep trying to make the perfect takoyaki. Uh, so that, you know, they can they, that she can make it form again one day. And so the entire world can know what perfect takoyaki tastes like. Um, um, so- and then the ninja metabots continue to watch from the sidelines about their evil plans. So they're definitely going to do soon. Um so uh as she's uh on all fours um in defeat she goes i lost the battle but i made you lose your mind with my cooking with my love i'm like yes girl yes yes (laughs) that's all that matters this is the ship that i've been craving from this show the good ships in the show are icky and natalie metabi and rakusho and mr tuna head and miss caviar those are the three well hold on Oh, the ten, and the ten Koji and Sam. Oh, uh, uh, sure. Yeah. Oh, you said yeah, Henry. Yeah. Who, who, who are we shipping no, with the, Henry? The Tenrios. Oh, the parents. Ten- yeah, that's not a ship. That's canon. <laughs> it's it's still a ship. You know what? Even if it is canon, I still you know what? They're a married couple who love each other, and I need to celebrate that every time. That's true. Uh, you know, we, it's rare that we get that in anime. So I I agree. Uh, Oh, man. We do get a wrench in this as we get the kind of ending of this episode uh, where Natalie is – she's got her stand set up at a, at a festival at night uh, and people are coming by. And uh, uh, who shows up at Natalie's stand but Nathan's hot 
bishy older brother who levels the same takoyaki critique as Iki gave her that it's just you know the the chunk is a little bit too big and we just get this ending narration of of from the the mr referee of will she fall in love again and uh also uh that meta b won some swimming legs that we've definitely have never seen before <laughs> and certainly have been used to make meta b look like an alien <laughs> yeah um I could have done without the falling for the uh, the boy at the end there, um, but okay. I I don't know what what it is oh. with the, this one guy in particular just stealing all these women in Nikki's life, unless wait. he's the force. Wait, what episode was the uh, spaceship superstars? Was the 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 UFO episode right? Mm-hmm. You have a, the UFO episode where uh, Meta B had the squid legs that yeah, he won, yeah, in which this takes episode? place before this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, Love of First Bite is Japanese episode 28. Spaceship Superstars is Japanese episode 6. Yeah, yeah. I don't think this is the first time he won these legs. Uh, oh, because the there first wasn't time around, another No, Mitch, the there wasn't no. another time that you that he won these legs. Yes, there was. The episode previously, The Old Man and the Sea Monster, he was given this, the legs from uh, The Old Man with the guitar. But he just has two... It does, this doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Why does he have two of the legs? Why does he have two of them, Mitch? Because he won the legs. Because he doesn't need... This uh, octopus doesn't need legs to uh, cook takoyaki. Also, I, re- I, I remember the old man the sea monster's metabot not being an octoclam. He gave him legs. I don't, I don't was know, he man. Was he an octoclam? He was... Uh, I think so. What is going Dude, on? That was that was like months ago. I barely remember last <laughs> week. Um, Listeners, yeah, uh, please go back and listen to the episodes because we're not going to. And let us know about octoclam. absolutely... He absolutely got those legs from the old man. I cannot remember. I'm pretty sure it was an octopus one. I don't know if it was the same model, but I'm pretty sure it was also an octopus um, metabot. And he got the legs from him because he had a spare. So I guess now Icky has two pairs of octopus legs, which, yes, it's kind of dumb. <laughs> it should have taken the fan. But so uh, the confused. worst part about this, Colin, is the legs are called Swick. Oh, yeah. As, like, um, dip- uh, like the military thing, right? I don't like it. I don't like the name Swick. <laughs> I, oh man, that like I'm. Gross. Uh, it it is kind of gross, but also uh, as as you know, I don't know if this has come up on this podcast, but I know it's come up on other podcasts. I live in a navy town. I live I live in uh, a set of cities that has the largest navy base on the east coast and the largest navy base in the the fucking in the world basically in addition to several other military bases so it's kind of inescapable for me and there is the bridge spot that I like to go to is owned by veterans and has like a kind of like kitschy like uh you know a bombshell girl aesthetic to it and like all of the food products are named after stuff like that and the swick chicken sandwich is very fucking good and that's just so when i think of this i just think of a chicken sandwich uh Okay. Uh, see, I have no context what Swick means. So oh. for me, it was like Swift and Icky or something. I'm like, no, I don't like it. Um, also, it's not a very pleasant sounding word. Yeah. Uh, Swick is, um, it's SWCCC. It's Special Warfare Combat and Craft Crewmen. It's the guys that drive the big, weird, flat black boats that like the, um, uh, uh, the like Navy SEALs and stuff use. Okay. Like if if you've seen an action movie that has soldiers in a in a big boat and it's mm-hmm. uh, supposed to take place like after 1975 or whatever, that's 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 a swick boat. Um. 
God, I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember if I've seen any military movie that took place after World War II <laughs> that wasn't in a desert. I am. I, I, am I sadly, don't think so. <laughs> I am spy trash, so I definitely have. Um, God, I don't know. I like. It's, like I don't remember more than last week. I certainly haven't watched a military movie that didn't place, take place in the desert in the last <laughs> week. Um, that's not true. I just rewatched a Marvel movie, and it took place in Siberia. So there we go. <laughs> God. Well, uh... which didn't have any boats in it. There are no boats in Siberia. Yes. Well, that's the end of the episode. It is the end of the episode. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't mean to rush us out of this, but my wife does want to go to bed. Uh, hey, it's a very wife-heavy episode. Yeah. Uh, Mitch, where can people find you on the internet? They can find me at Big Bad Beetle Boy uh, on Twitter. That's going to be the best place to find me. Yeah. Um, what about you, you can, Colin? Uh, yeah, so you can find me at Pagetish. Um, and, uh, that's P-A-D-G-E-T-T-I-S-H. As of, as of this, the, you know, the time, uh, the time that you will hear this, uh, I have switched over. Um, uh, I, you know, I am starting a new podcast project for my work. Uh, and a part of that means that I need to have a little bit more of a professional Twitter. And so the solution to that is if you're already, if you have already been following me on Pagetish, uh, congrats, you are now following Pagetesque, my private Twitter. Enjoy it. Uh, and if you're cool, you can request to follow Pagetesque, and I will maybe allow you to see my tweets. But other than that, you can follow me at Pagetish. Uh, it's going to be my new public uh, persona. And um, uh, you should go... Uh, the, I assume it's going to be out by the time that uh, this episode comes out. You should check out my work podcast, uh, Commonwealth Climate Talks. Uh, where I am interviewing people in the Virginia area that are organizers, community leaders, and activists uh, working uh, to um, towards the means of conservation and environmental justice. Uh, first episode's really, really good uh, for Black History Month. Uh, we interviewed Gary Harris, who's kind of like a luminary um, in the environmental justice uh, movement, uh, has been doing a lot of work in Atlanta and here in Hampton Roads and uh, is a really cool guy with a like an extensive science background and like a really like community focused person. Uh, it's a really great interview. I think you all should listen to it. Uh, and, you know, uh, robots are good, but also so is creating eco districts and helping people take control of their homes and stuff. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm so happy for you that you have, you know. You're a podcast expert, and now you have a uh, a way of using that to uh, help the world. That's great. Yeah. I'm excited for you. It's I'm not getting paid to podcast, but I am getting paid, and I am podcasting. So that's <laughs> that's good enough, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, speaking of podcasts, you can find this podcast at MetaBots and at MetaRotch, or excuse me, at MetaWatch and at MetaRotch. Uh, Meta uh, and you can find us on iTunes and Google Play and everywhere else that you find podcasts except for Stitcher and maybe Spotify. I forgot if I actually put it on Spotify or not. Um, but yeah, yeah rate us. Uh, uh, thank you. Um, thank you specifically to Ceramic Costumes and SLJ for ringing the bell. Uh, you're great. We love you. <laughs> you're our two biggest fans, uh, and also you're both regularly on the podcast. Uh. <laughs> yeah, it's said that they're bigger fans than you and I are, because we forgot to do that, too. <laughs> we, have, we, we, got these, we got these videos on Twitter, and we were like, oh, cool bell. 
<laughs> completely forgetting that we asked for people to do that. Um, so yes, thank you, thank you for ringing the bell. Uh, yeah, um, I don't fucking know what to say at this point. Uh, well, I'm not gonna say it. Not this time, Colin. Bazinga. Man,